This is a podcast. We talk about running. We talk about other things too. So please come and join us. We hope you enjoy this. This is on the back foot. Oh, what a treat. I've got an interview for you guys today. Um, going to do things a little bit differently. Going to start with fell running news. We should have a little bit of our other features. And then we'll go into the interview with the man, James Mooney, who booked himself in as Lou Sarsoul, um for a outside look in on people running up and down hills. But first of all, from Devon, we're going to go to Durham. So first up, with the only race taking place this week, the Silent Night Fell Race, organised by Durham Fell Runners, here is the race organiser, Andy Blackett. Night race, thought I'd uh, send you a quick note to let you know how it's gone. Uh, published the race results now, and uh, sipping a glass of Lefroig and eating a leftover mince pie. Pleased that everyone got down and finished safely. If you don't know what the race is, Silent Night is the night running of the summer race, uh, Chapelfell Top, which many of you will have done in the summer as a champs race. As far as I know, it's the only winter uh, off-trail FRA night race. And um, I guess as the race organ, my biggest concern is always that someone's going to get into trouble and, well, and not get back to the finish. Um, so I include very careful notes in the race briefing to make sure everyone knows that they are not allowed to die during the race. And that seems to have worked for the last four years uh, since I've been running it. Chris Albert won the race for the third year in a row and John Woodhouse was second for the second year in a row. Uh, Alison Golding was the first lady and uh, the only lady home this year, completing the race for the second time. Special mention goes to Joe Addison, who finished fourth, and he was muddier than any man I've ever seen, uh, having gone headfirst in a muddy puddle on the descent. His girlfriend, he was so muddy actually, his girlfriend wouldn't touch him. Um, so I had to hose him down with the water I brought to give to the runners at the finish, meaning everyone was left with just mulled wine. So, so that was festive. Uh, we only had 13 starters for the race, and that's about par. It's probably the race with the lowest average number of starters, as well as the lowest female to male ratio, as we've only had three ladies start the race in four years' time in four years of running it. I'd be very keen to improve that um, if any of your female listeners would be interested in entering the race for next year. Please do encourage them to give it a go. Um, At the end of the race, a very festive scene uh, ensued as all the runners and a few spectators standing around a bunch of wheelie bins drinking mulled wine and eating mince pies. I'll put a picture of that on the Facebook group uh, so you can all see that and share in a bit of that festive cheer from St John's Chapel in Weirdale. Uh, one final thought really was that uh, it would be really good if other race organisers put on winter night versions of their summer races. It's an easy thing to do, you already have the contacts for the permissions, Your most runners know, already know the way and it's just a case of getting a few marshals out there in the middle of winter at night time to marshal. So maybe if Scoffer's listening and fancies organising a night version of Borrowdale or anyone from Westies Club is listening and fancies putting on a night version of Jura, I'm sure they would prove very popular. Uh, That's all from me. 
Um, I'll keep sending in bits of audio to you there on the Back Foot podcast and hope that maybe one day you start sending me some money in return. So, thank you very much for your time. So, as Andy said, there were 13 runners at the Silent Night Fell Race on Tuesday. Um, And I think, in this privileged position of that not taking too much time, I'm going to read out the names of all the participants. So... We had Simon Tibbetts in 13th, but looks like he was second male vet 50. Alison Golding in 12th, first female. Ross Robertson, who was the 6th vet 40. Adrian Wilson, who was the first vet 50, winning his category. Martin Wilson, who was 9th. Aaron Dobriansky, who was 8th. 7th was Paul Hodgson. 6th was Ian Hutchinson. 5th was Tim Grimwood. 4th was Joe Addison. Despite taking a bit of a fall. Um, I also hear that he has been a long-standing fan of the podcast. Um, So, yeah, Joe, great to to see see you uh, in your your finest there and well done on completing the night course well done to max wilkinson john woodhouse that was third max wilkinson second john woodhouse and we've actually heard from the winner um chris albra hi charlie it's chris here with um yeah a silent night race report um so yeah as as you know it's chapelfell top um, but in the dark, um, the proper Chapel Fell top route starting behind the pub. None of this starting on the road um, through the random farmer's field business. Um, that doesn't count. <laughs> and quite frankly, I think that course record shouldn't count, even though it's a longer route. Um, yeah, because it's just not the right way. So um, yeah, starts behind Golden Lion um, with a cheery race briefing from Andy Blackett, basically encouraging us all to not to die so yeah that christmas spirit and all that um so yeah i think there's something like 15 of us maybe um so we all set off (laughs) all 15 of us um up we went uh found myself at the front with my good friend john woodhouse and um did my best to drop him and leave him lost on the moorland but unfortunately he was too quick and stayed with me um as we were climbing somewhere above sort of top wall halfway between sort of the top wall and the summit I was really pleased with myself because we were actually um yeah on the correct route on the English champs line which yeah before July there was never any sort of a trod but there's after the races there was a really clear trod all the way to the summit and it's been gradually sort of consumed by the peak bogs but it's still there now so anyway we're on track and um Suddenly a light appeared up to the left, which just shouldn't have been there. Um, and we thought, is it a random walker? But then there's nobody up there. It's just desolate. So anyway, we saw that light and just thought, oh, well, pretty sure I'm on track. Then a second light appeared as well up on the left. And I just thought, I couldn't really think straight because I was knackered. So anyway, I just thought, I don't know what those lights are doing, but yeah, let's just crack on. Um, got to the gully, uh, the most beautiful gully in the world, because when you see that, you know you're nearly there. Up through the gully, 
got the line to the cairn and I was at a point where in daylight you'd be able to see the cairn so I knew it was about there but then like 30 yards to the right a light flickered on or was, was there and I just said to John I'm ignoring that light I'm going to where I think the cairn is so as we got to the cairn that light sprinted over to us and it was the marshal so we got to the cairn the same time as one of the marshals the other person must have still been somewhere um anyway got our numbers taken started descending and it's a brilliant feeling descending when you've got these lights coming up the hill towards you because you sort of know where where you're going then the problem is though there's only about 10 people in the race so you soon pass the sweeper and then you're back in just desolate moorland with pretty featureless so then um i managed to get away from john just about and then ended up just lost the english champs trod didn't i was pretty sure i was all right but yeah yeah it was the best feeling when i saw that top wall corner appear um yeah so then um took the ben rothery line off uh top wall corner which I'll give him that. I won't give him the course record, but I'll give him that line is pretty good. So I went off there straight down to the gate and then finished to the applause of about four people. Um, and then it's great because every time somebody crosses the line, they get cheered like they've won the race because we're just relieved that everyone sort of gets down safely. Um, Andy Blackett, he uh, heats up some mulled wine from his van and everyone has mulled wine and mince pies. So, yeah. Brilliant event, brilliant event. Weather was half decent. It was, well, it was raining on the top and a bit claggy, but, for, you know, for the North Pennines, it was all right. Um, yeah, it was good. would recommend it to anyone, really. Um, although maybe not, maybe not anybody from Keswick AC or maybe not Ambleside or I wouldn't recommend it to anyone fast, essentially, because I'm on a bit of a roll here and um, I now feel like I can look the locals sort of in the eyes again without feeling the sort of shame that I felt from not winning Chapel Fell Top. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to keep that role sort of going really. So yeah, um, so yeah, don't come and do it if you're fast. Otherwise, you're welcome. Cheers. Thank you, Chris. Sounded like a great event. I'm glad I could share that with everyone. A bit like the Bermuda Triangle, that chapel fell top. There are no races this weekend, but there is quite the fixture list with Totley's Two Turtle Doves on Boxing Day, Winbury Nays on Boxing Day, Gisborough Woods on the 27th, as is Wandsfell and the Lakes, Bilberry Fields Winter is on the 29th, that's Friday, Bow Stones is on New Year's Eve as is Wormstones, so everyone's getting stonesed on New Year's Eve. And Daleside Brewery Old Lang Syne Fell Race is also on New Year's Eve. So, you know the role, um, the role, I don't know what I'm saying. You know the way it is. If uh, you want to send in a race report, go for it. Um, I think that's how this works. I'm probably not going to travel to all those races, but I think it's nice hearing from different voices. Um, if you want to get in touch, get in touch by emailing on the backfootpod at gmail.com. If you can make it entertaining, that really helps. And finally, in Felrunning News, Flower Scar has sold out, so it looks like a popular champs in 2024. Over and out.
So next up we are hearing from James Mooney or more famously known as Lou Sarsoul. I did wonder if we've strayed a bit too far off topic here. <laughs> One with talking about an imaginary patient and two hearing James's views on fell running from the outside looking in as a hiker. Obviously if you don't find it that interesting being a runner, um, you'll be pleased to know this is only the only time I'm getting a non-runner on the podcast. But James is a very entertaining guy. And I just thought what he achieved with his young son over the last couple of years was pretty amazing and a story well worth hearing. So I bring you James Mooney. Right, hang on. I'm just telling everyone I'm doing this. Roman, I'm just doing a podcast, all right? So don't bother me. <laughs> are we recording? We are now. Oh, <laughs> are you, are you, is it going live from now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're live. Well, you, yeah, James, you, I thought you were just going to leave me sitting in a in a Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you would have fucking deserved it. So, <laughs> um, can we? Can we, can we swear on this podcast? If you uh, if you're so inclined to, I think. Okay, I'll try. I'll try not to. Um, but you know me. <laughs> well, it's great to have you on on the back foot, James. A, a fell running podcast um, because you've been actually doing a little bit of hiking, which is now starting to become a little bit of jogging, walk running. Is that right? Uh, so, if you if you want me to talk about my fell running experience or uh, trail running, we I have been hiking. I do a lot of hiking. Uh, I do a lot of hiking with my son, and we decided to try and run a bit of the hardest section of the southwest coast path. Um, we just started running it, and this is my first experience. Rolled my ankle, ended up in a thorn bush, and sliced my legs. Um, <laughs> Evidently sprained my ankle, but I was able to weight bear on it. So I just walked the rest of the 10-mile section um, and basically had a gammy ankle for the next six months. But uh, it's it's recovered nicely. So um, What sounds yeah. that, James? Uh, it's, from, it's from Heartland Quay to Bude. And actually, interestingly, we met some, like... This is relevant to your listeners, I think. Um, okay. We, they might want some relevance. <laughs> yeah, so um, we met loads of ultra runners on this, yeah. like loads. Um, and pros and cons um, to meeting ultra runners. <laughs> when you're walking on the side of a cliff with a child, just maybe wait for us to get past. I know you've got like... You're all trying to hit like KPIs and stuff, but just you know, just wait a minute. I've got a small child. I'm trying to nurse around a dangerous section of cliff face. <laughs> Don't worry about your Strava time, um, <laughs> just for a bit. But apart from that, generally, what happened a lot was they would try and groom my child into ultra running. Um, <laughs> we we met a couple. Well, we met a couple of guys. Um, 
This is North, not powerless, but yeah, you keep going. It's the same thing, mate, isn't it? It's the same thing. You're all <laughs> autistic about running. So um, <laughs> they we met these <laughs> we met these yeah, uh ultra runners, whatever you want to call them. But yeah. Um and they were doing like forty mile run. We met them in the morning and then they they ran past us, carried on to the end, and then we we met them. They got a bus back, and we we ended up on the same bus. And the two they were two guys were basically hypothermic, yeah, on the bus. And we had this like bottle of hot chocolate. So, um, me and Roman were just like nursing them back to health on the bus. <laughs> and they were like putting their arm around him, like you'll be a runner one day, won't you? You'll be when they found out what he was doing. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, just for people listening. My son was nine when he finished the entire Southwest Coast Path, which, um, if you're familiar with it, it's uh, it's pretty relentless. So yeah, you know, go more because a lot of the listeners, I think, for on the back foot are northern because fell running is mainly a northern sport, and I've, we've just had the fixture list come through. Someone is doing a series of fell runs in Dartmoor but they're not in the FRA fixtures. So I'm not sure whether they've just not entered them to the fell running organization. I'm going to try and investigate it, but yeah. I have a question. About the coast what, path would be great. What is a fell? Well, it's a great question. I mean, I do a podcast about it, but it's, it's a hill as far as I'm concerned. Is it what you call hills up there? Effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On the, So the coast path is relentlessly, steep right it's yeah. like it's like sometimes you're like using your hands to get up some we met some and they were saying um oh it's not steep enough here we need to be in the lake district and i remember like looking around thinking are you off your head yeah um i thought uh yeah i thought that's a really picky thing to say when you've got possibly the most relentless coast path in britain on your doorstep it could have been worse couldn't it yeah um so, uh, yeah, but I guess I just, I was always when I thought fell running is because it's not a term that gets used down here. No, it, it more refers to mountains, really. But then, like, I mean, I, I'm living in the Peak District where we don't, we have hills. We don't really yeah. have mountains. So it's like. We don't really have mountains term, in the UK, really. really. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, I think you could call running up and down the hills on a coast path fell running because I don't see how it differs apart from they're probably like they're probably a bit more short and punchy rather than long and drawn out but they are well i mean they are punchy i don't think people realize that yeah so um actually if you are into the out if you're i think you've referred to some of your listeners as educated introverts are like nature (laughs) um I would highly recommend the coast path because there's a lot of variety in the hills. You can run up and down them. There's short, horrible ones. Yeah. There's ter- there's terrifying ones where you've got basically half a foot and then a 300 meter drop in some places, a 200 meter drop, whatever. I yeah. mess a bit exaggerating, but um, and then there's ones that go on for about uh, you know, you'd be running up at 15 minutes probably. They do go yeah. on for quite some time. So there's a lot of variety there, you, you know, and it's there are a lot of people doing it. Yeah. So, and you started it, it, in you started in the lockdown, didn't you? Um, we yeah, it kind of organically happened for me and my lad because we, um, where we live, which you know used to live here, it's the the section we have here is actually quite relentless. Yeah. And 
I took we went to a national trust which is on the coast and I just said oh let's hop the fence and walk home mm. and then and then I said oh why don't we just track what we're doing and then we just every other weekend we just started going off on these little adventures and then we got to 100 miles yeah um and then I, and then I was like oh we maybe we should just make this our life's like thing to do together yeah um and yeah obviously my personality I was like right I'm well into this now uh, and then I thought, then I found out he's probably going to be the youngest person to do it. Yeah. And then that was it then. That was it. And we did a few walks and um, people would patronize Roman a bit, I guess, because they'd be like, oh, we are doing well. And, like tap him on the head and he'd be like, I've walked like 400 miles of this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they'd be like, what? He'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm only eight. How's that? <laughs> So uh, he's a little a bit father, of a on the path now, isn't he? He, yeah, and I was ex- I was explaining this to his mum. I was like, um, we made videos and we sort of documented our journey, and it yeah. and it did like it, we got quite a big following from it because we were consistent. So every two weeks, somebody knew, mm-hmm. oh, there's going to be a video out, which we did, and people would, and at the end of every walk, we had an ice cream that people would buy Roman ice creams. Um, and he, in the sort of coast path hiking community, which is a niche community, but I guess like yours, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's an icon because yeah. of his age. And he made the videos. So everyone like, so people always wanted to meet him. He was recognized loads of times, just in the middle of nowhere by <laughs> someone. Someone would work out. They thought we were going to be on a section. Then they'd yeah. come out looking for us. Happened loads of times. Um, so yeah, it, it just turned into this, grand adventure that we had together uh yeah i'll 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 enjoy those memories forever so yeah it was uh um but also i wanted how to explain this better uh it it was never about the end Mm -hmm. if that makes sense because i thought when i started it we're never going to finish this yeah what i wanted to what i wanted to build was like this uh, it's just about the journey you know does we're never going to get to the end we're just going to keep chipping away chipping away and then i mean the plus side is well okay look what happens when you break something down into little pieces and just build a build a build then you do get the big achievement but i wanted to i wanted to like habit build yeah with a young kid to, to enjoy the outdoors enjoy you know so we did we did 20 mile days yeah you know hard days you people we, complaining at you that you were being cruel to your kid um oh yeah i mate, i got like I got women's woman splained a lot, which I like the term because it doesn't get used much. But um, generally, from like um, women of a certain age, I would say like fifty to sixty, they'd be like, "What are you doing out here with him?" And all we're doing, all we were doing, was walking. Mm. And I don't. Sometimes I think the people realize if you go out like today, yeah. I've got to walk from A to B. Yeah, there was absolutely no pressure on the time we'll get there when we get there right yeah we start some days we would be walking at six o'clock in the morning because yeah. as a kid get kids get up early i'm an early riser so and let's just go and then we would walk we would stop for a coffee we would stop for a cake some days we didn't finish walking till six or seven yeah we'd be we'd be asleep by eight <laughs> um <laughs> but like it's i always think when the only the only thing you have to do that day is walk from A to B. Yeah. 
and you're not there's no time pressure on you. You just walk at your own pace. Yeah, twenty miles is not actually that hard to rock rock up. No. Um, and yeah, we or oh, you remember being a young boy? Like we didn't stop, did no. we? We would be out all day, and it's it's no different. Uh, we yeah. were just following a li- a linear path, and just seeing what that path threw us. So. Yeah. But it's funny. I just thought it was funny when I remember you were defending <laughs> defending it and people were sort of saying, why are you making this kid walk all this way? <laughs> like it was like a, yeah. like a bad because, uh, Yeah, because the other thing is people project their own insecurities onto you. Mm. And, peop- and, you know, ultimately they're getting flexed on by a child. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. are though, aren't they? Like because... If I if people ask, oh, let's go for a ten. Some people just don't walk, do they? No. They just don't walk, and we do it. Like you, you will meet up as as mates, and we'll just go on a hike for what? Yeah. Like we, me and me and Charlie had a great hike on Dartmoor where we nearly, basically, nearly died because the light was failing us, and we turned <laughs> up drenched in a pub. And I remember I turned to Charlie. I said, nine like ninety nine percent of people would hate this, but yeah. we absolutely loved it. <laughs> what, what, what's it called type type two fun? Yeah, yeah. So at the time you're like, oh god, but afterwards you're like, yeah, that's great. Um, And people think, well, kids, but what what are kids going to be doing on screens? Yeah, they're going to be on a screen doing something. My my son does that, and I just thought, no, he's going to have whole days outside in nature. And then yeah, some days I was like, God, yeah, maybe I'm making him walk a bit too far. And then I was like, no, we're just walking. That's (laughs) all we're doing. Um, He's had. He's had all these amazing experiences, organic experiences, may, met amazing people, seen some incredible wildlife. There, you know, and yeah, some days we nearly got struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was rainstorms, hailstorms, all these things. He fell ill. I had to carry him. I had to carry him off the path, put him <laughs> on in someone's garden. He was throwing up. Turns out it was Bill Bailey's, <laughs> um, which, I, <laughs> which I found out like a week later when we returned. So we did have drama. But you could see the resilience building in whilst doing it. Yeah. So, it, uh, you know, and then, and like I say, at the end, we, we the achievement of completing the longest and arguably hardest national trail in the UK. That's yeah. massive. That's massive for an adult. So, yeah. Yeah. And, 600, and 600 miles, isn't it? 600, 630. We actually walked 700 and something because of what we call FAF miles. <laughs> Which, um, <laughs> because when you're doing when you're doing a trail, it will tell you the official, like, the mileage. It doesn't factor in the, oh, let's get an ice cream here, or let's go up to the pub, or let's do. It doesn't factor any of that in. So, um, it, it, yeah. So it just, um, it was just a really nice thing to share. And another thing that I, um, I follow a lot of like adventurous people that go and do, yeah grand adventures when they're older and almost to a man mm-hmm. or woman when they were young they did a great adventure with their dad they might have gone they might have done john and Groats to land's end bike ride or done some you know done a bike tour in europe they've done something like that as a kid yeah and it's just then they're just like well that yeah well i did that as a child so why don't i just go and do this mad thing and i'm guessing if you had a dad that did that with you and you went to him and said Hey, Dad, I'm thinking about, I don't know, running the length of Africa, like that hardest geezer guy. Yeah. Your dad would be like, go for it, mate. And that's, <laughs> you know, that's that's what 
you know, if he doesn't, fine. But if he decides to do that, then he'll have all the support to to go and do that. Yes, but I I loved it. I loved following it. I thought it was great. Um, I quite enjoyed hearing your experiences of runners on the path from like a hiker's perspective. I always feel quite awkward going past hikers because you get like a real mix of like comments. You have some people going, oh, you're fit. And then you're like, oh, what What do I say to that without sounding like an arrogant twat? You know, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the interaction with runners is great because you'll be, you'll be like blowing out your ass walking up yeah. some hill and somebody runs past you and you're like, twat. <laughs> you yeah. just look at it and you're like, come on. Um, <laughs> But because that's we're doing two different sports, right? It's you know, and and people I'll see people say, Well, what's the point in running through it? Well, if you're going to go for a run, go for a run somewhere beautiful, yeah, 100%. I I, like 100% makes sense to me. It's the only way I found myself actually taking steps into running because I, I can't go, I can't run on a treadmill, can't run on the road, I just get bored. If I'm running yeah. in a beautiful place, then the because ru- I hate running, ba- basically hate running because yeah, I get yeah. bored. But then I've I've said to you recently, I've like, oh, I actually found myself enjoying this. Yeah, which I never tr- trust That's me, guys. Cool. I never thought I'd be, I never thought I would be interested in it. But I did. To be fair, I, when I ran before, I had shin splints. And yeah. I, I don't. I'm not suffering from that now. So, that's... well, I thought that was interesting. So, there's a couple of things like I was thinking from what you talked about. Like one of I had a guy on who's like one of the best fell runners in UK and Britain. He's a lad yeah. called Harry Bolton, and he had a sore hip, and he just hiked loads in the lakes. And then yeah. off the back of that, he had some of his like best, like his sort of breakthrough as a runner. And yeah, then it's I was weird. Like, yeah. Well, you you obviously. The uphills is really good for training strength. So mm. I was going to say, like, you obviously said you saw Roman develop mentally, but he probably yeah. developed quite a lot, like, athletically. Um, yeah. He's he's a beast for his age. Yeah. Like, yeah, so... Um, I mean, you always just, were, because if we go back in yeah. our history, like, people yeah. used to ask you why you were hanging around with that child <laughs> when we were growing up. <laughs> yeah, when we... Yeah, so my and Charlie's... Um, friendship started um we probably met when we were about 11 um yeah. and Jumped we look like asterisks and asterisks and obelisk <laughs> <laughs> so like that so um yeah I, I i've been like six foot since i was 11 um and i started <laughs> puberty about 10 years later <laughs> yeah that, but it but um yeah the hike the hiking thing it, you know it's you're just you're building this like low level endurance where yeah. you just like I know it's only walking, and you guys are runners, but you know if you can't, some people can't walk. They just cannot yeah. walk for long periods of time. We were going out and just we were constantly in motion all day, yeah. from the minute we woke up to the minute we yeah we would stop on a bench for a you know for a drink or stop in a coffee shop. We would do all those things. Yeah. But that probably only totted up to maybe maybe ninety minutes of the day max. The rest of it we're walking. We just, you know, we would get we would get sidetracked down all sorts of rabbit holes, literally and figuratively. But yeah. um, it, it's and it was it's the you know it's the thrill of the adventure, I guess. You don't know where it's going to take you, and and the the byproduct for us was the fitness. We weren't yeah. doing it for the fitness. The byproduct, and that's and I think 
that's what how a lot of people could get into being fitter is if they if the fitness became the byproduct of yeah, what they were doing completely. so to me they're not picking the right um you know i'm just going to go to the gym and your gyms are boring and yeah. like miserable yeah but you like just go walking you want to lose some weight just get, get start walking up some hills we saw this loads when I worked in chronic pain. So like, you know, someone gets a bad back, so they get told they've got a weak core. So they go to Pilates, they go to yoga, they go yeah. to all these things. It's like, well, one reason you might have a bad back is you're forced to overweight. So like, just take up some exercise or, or don't yeah. be doing, just don't be in one position all day. And like, yeah. yeah, the exercise, the people who had the breakthroughs were the people who found a goal, like I want to hike up a hill or something. And they yeah. just took like meaningful steps towards it. And there was so often that it was just like the message was exercise, but the way to it was actually like find something you'll like and that you'll stick at. And if someone come in and they're like, yeah, I love jujitsu. I'm like, great, go do jujitsu. Cause if you're going to do it every week or every day. But you got Yeah. But the consistency <laughs> and that consistency yeah. is the key. And that was, you know, when we were doing our hike, we, everyone knew every two weeks, every two weeks, sometimes more, yeah, we would be out for one or two days, sometimes three, hiking, and people. So, pe- then, but then people would be like, "Can we come? Can we join you for a bit?" Yeah, yeah, and 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 then to me, the more like that's that's even better because people would fill the men, you know, the mental void of when you're hiking. You know, the co- conversations you have with people when you're doing low impact sports. Yeah. And hiking, hiking is one of the best. So you can have some really deep conversations with people, and cut and leave it like mentally recharged. Yeah, yeah. And you know, yeah, you might be physically drained, but you feel like no one goes outside all day doing something active, and at the end of the day, is not happy. Yeah, it's literally like to me, I, you just sit there so content at the end of the day that you've you've been outside, you've got vitamin D. You've been you've grounded yourself because you've been out in there. It's like there's so many byproduct gains of doing it um, yeah. that that people just can't. It's not a tangible gain. You know, you can't track that as data, can you? No. You, you, oh, I'd, well, I, you know, I had really good social interaction with friends. We weren't in the pub. We were just chatting shit on the um, on the trail. Yeah, yeah. You might you see some interesting wildlife. So that's so you get these sense of awe moments and these are all like these are all like stacks on your well-being but people yeah. are just like well i'll just go and look in a mirror in a gym and it's for a lot of people that's not it's not a thing but they think well that's the way i'm gonna get better but it's not really to me you know it's not really uh, appropriate for a lot of people so mm. that was lovely that james did you have a few drinks at the rugby today uh only two mate but yeah you know i'm just you're flowing i'm uh, oh no it's a uh, pro podcaster mate aren't i so <laughs> yeah you do your exeter chiefs uh rugby podcast don't you and uh yeah your mate on there called me an arsehole over the uh lou sarsel saga which i mean i, I thought arsehole was a bit strong he's <laughs> definitely triggered you hasn't he with that <laughs> um, yeah, was, do, do we want to cover this then? Because that's yeah, what I'm here. This is the real reason that you're here. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you have done something brilliant that I really enjoyed, um, and I thought some people would like hearing that you managed to get a. Well, he was seven when he started, wasn't he? 
uh in, yeah proper we the first time we did the coast i was five and then that's when I, as a father i was like oh this is a game changer yeah um and then and then when he was seven we were like right let's do it properly and then yeah a year and a half later we finished it yeah it's pretty epic yeah but um, yeah but i mean but this this the issue that needs addressing yeah um, <laughs> go, go on then go on then <laughs> well i mean I think the thing is, I, I I loved it. Um, it was one of the best practical jokes I've had played on me <laughs> in a long time. So, first of all, I wanted to congratulate you for the spelling of Lou Sarsal. How did you come about that? Because I genuinely thought, oh, it's just some, just maybe a French person living in Bakewell. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um, something I do in my spare time is uh, bake professional sportsman into <laughs> saying inappropriate names on live streams William um like I'll say something like oh hey it's my dad's birthday today can you wish him a happy birthday his name is Mike Oxmall or something like that and it works every time <laughs> <laughs> and um it's just a bit of context why I did this to Charlie yeah um, friendship is reaching nearly 30 years and this man has never respected my time in our entire fucking friendship <laughs> history ever right um also I, I i am like i gave him fair warning of i i threw plenty of hints at what i was scheming when he told me he started his new business um i i was saying uh how many what was i saying on the sunday oh how many um, customers have you got coming through this week? Yeah. Uh, what sort of times are they coming in? And and you, you didn't like no bait. You didn't take the bait at all. And then I I look I looked at the website and I thought hmm, I'm an I get up at five o'clock every day. It's just for my job. So I, and I thought what's the you know how can I shit house him the most? What time <laughs> can I get him up? Um, so I just thought eight o'clock in the morning. That was the first slot I could get. And when, and when I saw, and when I saw you didn't have to put a deposit down, I was just like, "This is too good to be true." <laughs> and um, for the record, I, it, I would have paid the deposit because it to me the monetary value of the joke would have been worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it would have for me. It would have been worth it. Thirty pounds of my money is worth seeing you off for <laughs> a brief moment. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. So, yeah, were you just sat at your laptop and you thought, when did the when did the light, light bulb moment happen that you thought, I'm, I'm going to book him in? Yeah, um, I, I just, um, I just, I was, I think I just baited somebody out online in another thing and you were talking about your new job and I thought, I don't even think he would pick up if I wrote this down. No. Nah. Because I also know how you interact with stuff is not the same as me. Like I'm, you know, I'm skeptical of every single interaction I have of anything. Whereas you... I know you just float through life oblivious <laughs> to so many things. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, who, who do I know that will, that I could really get with this? Uh, and then it was, it was just the the situation arose, and it was it was too perfect. <laughs> I would also like to say I forgot about it. I had done Brilliant. it. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, when you live a, a life like I do and, you know, 
Charlie's not the only victim. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> sometimes that you know, I put yeah, I put the feelers out, and they're like dormant jokes, and then I'll get reminded of them like weeks or months later, and I'm like, oh yeah, well that one's turned out all right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, oh, it was great. I I thought it was a lovely testament to our friendship over the years. I I was, I mean, it was it's, it was like receiving a warm hug. <laughs> yeah. Charlie moved to Yorkshire to get away from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, but I, I think I did you a favour ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no one's booked in since. No, no. I've been, I have actually, I, I had I had, I had five people. I've had five people funny Tuesday. names, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh no, they're actually people are paying deposits online. Um it's, it's good. I, I was worried because I had two cancellations after the day of loose arsehole. And I was just like, James has cursed my business. But no, you, I mean, what, you obviously <laughs> got a good community of listeners. Um, and what you should have done was like sell the story to a local paper. <laughs> um, and like you, you know, you actually don't find this funny. And you might have got loads of like pity bookings. But Dan, yeah. that's good business. Yeah, I've missed the trick again, haven't I? Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, you're not a salesman, are you? So uh, no. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, for the record, uh, you know, I'm I'm not sorry for anything. <laughs> oh, I think it's great. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it amazed me that uh, other people are upset by it, really, because I couldn't see. Yeah, you know, I, I I went to work. I mean, that's the worst thing that happened. Yeah, I could yeah. have spent the morning like farting around in bed and like having a lie in, but that was the worst thing that happened. Really, I got to work and had a laugh. And and also, you this was due for you. Yeah, this when prank get you because. Um. So I. So I originally. <laughs> originally persuaded. <laughs> made you believe I had a boat and was driving it down a river. (laughs) (laughs) I made Charlie walk from this this flat he had to this pontoon to (laughs) wait for me on a a mystery boat that I didn't have. And I was just at at home, like, behind him a visit. And Charlie stood on on this pontoon for ages. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought you were just humouring me. <laughs> um, oh, I had a guy on last last week's episode, a guy from Keswick, and he said, you know, some people say that in Keswick, you, you've been born there, you've won the lottery of life. But I think when our practical jokes and me stood on a pontoon with you with an imaginary boat, I think coming from Devon, really ain't the worst, is it? <laughs> Yeah, but um, you got me back by you said you were in a pub and you kept saying, "Oh, I'm in this pub now." And you had me, and I literally walked around the whole fucking town, thinking, and you weren't in any of the pubs. And I, and in the end, you were like, "Oh no, I'm actually." I was like, "Nah, fuck off! You fucking done me. I'm not coming out." Um, yeah, and then you moved and you moved away shortly after, so uh, couldn't couldn't get you back quick enough. But oh, brilliant, James. Well, I guess we wait till the next one, and then maybe. Um, I can come on Tribe Talking, a little plug for your podcast. I'm sure there's loads of Exeter Chiefs fans that are into fell running. 
Um, I'm sure there's loads. Yeah, uh, rugby union. Um, but, but, but I mean, it's actually a lifestyle podcast. Uh, not. Yeah, yeah. We're you're technically not a rugby podcast. We are technically a lifestyle podcast that talks about rugby. Um, what lifestyle but, uh, are you selling on Tribe Talking? Being a fan, uh, just my life, my lifestyle. I love your lifestyle, mate. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we, we get we get a lot of shits. Just Very FYI, proud. straight talking. Um, our most right. Just a little bit about my podcast, and yeah. this might put a lot of people off. I'm not trying to sell it to this community. <laughs> my highest listened episode is called Gary Glitter's Rugby Consortium. Um, now, all I'm going to say is that you need to listen to it for the context, right? Context is very, very, very important. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Leave it at that. Yeah, that's lovely. I'm sure people will be signing up to listen to Tribe Talking. It's available on all uh, good yeah. podcast formats. Yeah, and if you like work I do, uh, try, try, uh, Patreon forward slash Tribe Talking. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I've I've loved having you on. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess you're right. You're not going to apologise. Uh, you won't be paying the deposit. Um... <laughs> if the... If the... Okay, if the listeners could think of a charity that could spite you the most, I will donate £30. Maybe there's someone out there who listens to my podcast um, who is wanting to go to Turkey to have hair transplant. Um, And James will give you some money towards it. Sure. (laughs) Because everyone knows the traitor. Get your Um, teeth done. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm open. You know, I've got thirty pounds here, and I'm not giving it to you for the hour of your time that I took up. Um, yeah. But I'm willing. I'm willing for me to take the monetary hit <laughs> for a good cause. Uh, yeah, because I mean, let, let's be honest. Don't take this the wrong way. It's been good traction for your podcast. This oh, you getting fantastic. fucking stitched up. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope people enjoy this uh, kind of diversion from fell running. But I thought there was a nice little overlap between hiking and running. And you're gonna you're doing a little bit more running these days, aren't you? Yeah, like all, all jokes aside, because um, I yeah. used to cycle a lot. I used to that, that's what I used to do in my free time. And yeah. then I did the hiking because I was able because I was I need to be moving basically yeah. for multiple hours. Mm. Um but I would I would go out and ride a bike and then and then I'd rush home to spend time with my son. Whereas the hiking thing, I was like, oh my God, we can do this together. Yeah. Um, and then for me, I'm in I like I'm enjoying the just being on two feet. And I'm and I've seen myself recently. I'm like push because I walk fast and I can see myself sort of I'm gonna just start jogging. And I may and I know this sounds will sound completely stupid to you guys, but the fact that I'm now able to like run nonstop for like nearly an hour. That's brilliant. It's like that's amazing. That's actually really, that's a huge, especially with my history of shin splints. I just kind of thought, well, I'm not going to be a runner ever. Didn't you have to leave the navy because of meniscal injuries? As I just give out your yeah, but that was uh, a, that was uh, a that, that was a legitimate injury that I yeah. suffered in the navy. But um, it all I I had to do running and training, and I just basically ran whilst crying. Um, yeah, because I had shin splints, and and you get issued um possibly the worst pair of trainers ever. They're called uh, high high tech silver shadows. 
like literally not worth the <laughs> they're not worth anything so uh there's no wonder i had shin splints but uh yeah, yeah so so my that's the kind of um that's the journey i'm on at the minute and now now i'm kind of like oh, okay because i always need a challenge maybe that's my next you know that i'm sort of looking at the right or what the challenge is well, i'd like build you up. to try and do a bit of like five of my bob graham yeah yeah, yeah. You, we've been we've been kind of like Bob Graham is a round James that takes part in Northern Scotland um, between some of the um, the highest Munros, mm-hmm. which on paper is right up my street. Yeah, just just not the running just yet. So um, <laughs> because I don't want to because I don't want to go in I don't want to go into stuff and be like I'm just this, you know I need to have a certain level of competence before yeah. i can do it um and also like i generally hate organized events yeah so you know i when when i did cycling but like, oh we'll do these sportives we'll do yeah. oh, we'll do this 100 mile sportive but then i'd be like let's just do a 100 mile bike ride of our own route <laughs> yeah yeah the only thing you get with that is on the sportives you'll get you know people putting flapjack out on a bench somewhere yeah but you could you can save your 40 quid and yeah, buy 40 quid's worth of flapjack wherever you want and actually put the money into the local economy. Not a bad Instead idea. of sending some like knob with a car boot full of flapjacks. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, my, that's just, uh, just my opinion. I like, I know they that there's a purpose for them, but yeah. only you, and only, only, there's so many kinos as well, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. Where, all the gear no idea types where i'm kind of like would you start doing it and then just see where it takes you <laughs> basically yeah um yeah it's been an absolute pleasure james um thank you for coming on thank you for sharing your time thank you for turning up in your own house and i look forward to seeing you in person for a hike next week <laughs> i think yes, we mate. Yeah. Car and i think we should meet in brixham just so no one has to see a little person over <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, mate. Well, thanks for having me. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that interview. Um, And I know what you're thinking. Charlie, please do open your training diary and tell us what's been happening. First of all, here are the stats. We ran 44 and a half miles in this week it was in the diary essay recovery week that was done over 7 hours and 54 minutes and the elevation I'm going to give you in feet first was 5,643 and in metres because I know we love metres too we're going to convert that and it was 1719 meters of ascent lovely stuff i started the week with a rest day um some toast is mentioned not a lot else in my diary on a rest day well i i, I talked through my day but i don't think you need that um I did some hill strides with Rob Greenwood uh, on Tuesday. Managed to sit on my glasses when I got back in the car after them. So that was a bit of a disaster, but I felt good, really good on that run. 
um, managed to squeeze in a sort of three-quarter of a gym session between some patients. I had five patients, would you believe? Business booming, as you love to know. Um, And I drove down just south of Bristol, pulled up in my van and had a nice sleep. The next day I met an old friend and went over to Dartmouth. We drove to Start Point, reminiscing of stories of me crashing my bike outside a farmer's farm. I was 16 years old, it was my 16th birthday. We went to collect my bike off the farmer a few years later. And he said, I was just watching a late night movie when I heard a commotion outside. (laughs) I was then picked up off the pavement that had randomly appeared on a country lane. Just a 30 metre stretch of pavement after two miles of no pavement. Uh, I'd upended my bike, broken my wrist and smashed my upper lip a little bit. So I had a perfectly black square scab above my upper lip and I had my arm upright in a Bradford sling to elevated it so I looked like I might be a fan of a former Nazi dictator Um, when I rose awake on my 16th birthday a lovely run um, went past one of the most incredible football pitches which is only 20 metres from the sea a bit of munching on the moors uh, tried some baklava which I would highly recommend nice and easy that one but I was out on my feet for three and a half hours Um, hopefully it won't have taken too much out of me spent most of the next day hanging out with my mum having a Greg's and went for a 30 minute run up and down the local woods with my head torch enjoying some tunes the next day I did a session snuck onto the local cricket pitch uh, two lots of two minutes three lots of one minute 40 three lots of 40 seconds that was good I wish I'd had more than a crumpet before it about halfway through the, the middle part started to wish I was had had a bit more but fitting things in because me and mum were off to watch the Willy Wonka film which I highly recommend um, and do family stuff so I also took mum for a walk she's not a dog, she's my mother um, the next day got some nice miles in and enjoyed a wrap literally munching on the moors there um, that was only a co-op wrap Mexican bean I think I'm going to have to get more prepared I think I have to listen a bit more to Will but maybe try and avoid the jalapeno afterburn there um, and then I just jogged home along the beaches um, that was a stunner actually lovely evening and then to round the week off it was a just under an hour and a half from Brixham to Torquay along the main road I say main road it goes by the sea quite nice really um, I felt a bit I felt a bit slow and an old manny on that one um, but enjoyed it 
and went to meet some more family so it's been just trying to squeeze it in amongst the festivities I'm quite pleased with how the week's gone I cursed myself saying the niggle that got better because I'm still feeling it occasionally but you know it's almost a reassurance uh, the knee's still there and it, I'm, I'm still saying it's getting better so we keep plugging on um, running has been a great way to get out um, otherwise I feel like I would have been just sat indoors in this crappy weather but um, yeah feeling good enjoying the coast path like James does and uh, hopefully I've taken it easy enough to enjoy this week I will get out today Christmas day I am recording a podcast uh, training diary section Christmas morning whilst uh, my family my mama is up asleep and uh, yeah let's get going so sorry there was no munching on the moors uh, today didn't get anything in from Will Boothman this week which is quite upsetting um, anyone can send them in and we're going to let a bit of Jacob's lessons build up someone has asked him how to order a pint um, any more questions send them in We talked about running, we talked about other things too. Thank you for joining, we hope you enjoyed it. That was on the back foot. I thought it wouldn't be an interview episode without a little song. Um, I really hope Bobby Gard's story enjoys this one. Here we go. Here I am with Band-Aid. It's Christmas time There's no need to be afraid At Christmas time We let in light And we banish shade And in our world of plenty We can spread a smile of joy Throw your arms around the world At Christmas time But say a prayer Pray for the other one At Christmas time It's hard, but when you're having fun There's a world outside your window And it's a world of dread and fear Where the only water flowing Is the bitter sting of tears And the Christmas bells that ring there Are the clanging chimes of doom Well tonight, thank God it's them Instead of you And there won't be snow in Cumbria This Christmas time The 
the greatest gift they'll get this year is life. Oh, where nothing ever grows, no rain or rivers flow. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Here's to you, raise a glass for everyone. Here's to them underneath the burning sun. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Feed the world.